Good evening and welcome. Uh, today is December 20th, 2021. And we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Bill's story and the step is step one. And our speaker tonight is Casey. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Leslie. Hi, I'm Casey. I'm a compulsive overeater and anorexic. Hi. Um, I'll read a passage from uh, Bill's story and then share. I'm reading um, partially of page five. Liquor ceased to be a luxury. It became a necessity. Bathtub gin, two bottles a day, and often three got to be routine. Sometimes a small deal would net a few hundred dollars and I would pay my bills at the bars and delicatessens. This went on endlessly and I began to awaken very early in the morning, shaking violently. A tumbler full of gin followed by half a dozen bottles of beer would, re would require if I were to eat any breakfast. Nonetheless, I still thought I couldn't control the situation. And there were periods of sobriety which renewed my wife's hope. Gradually, things got worse. The house was taken over by the mortgage holder. My mother-in-law died and my wife and father-in-law became ill. Then I got a promising business opportunity. Stocks were at a low point in 1932 and I had somehow formed a group to buy. I was to share generously the profits. Then I went on a project, I'm sorry, bender and the chance vanished. I woke up, this had to be stopped. I saw I could not take as much as one drink. I was through forever. Before then, I had written lots of sweet promises, but my wife happily observed that this time I meant business, and so it did. Shortly afterward, I came home drunk. <clears throat> there had been no fight. Where had, where had been my high resolve? I simply didn't know. It hadn't even come to mind. Someone had pushed a drink my way, and I had taken it. Was I crazy? I began to wonder. For such an appalling lack of perspective seemed near being just that. Renewing my resolve, I tried again. Some time passed and confidence began to be replaced my cocksuredness. I could laugh at all the gin mills. Now I had what it takes. One day I walked into a cafe and telephoned. In no time I was beating the bar again, asking myself how it happened. As the whiskey rose to my head, I told myself I could manage better next time, but I might as well get good and drunk then. And I did. The remorse, horror, and hopelessness of the next morning are unforgettable. The courage to do battle was not there. My brain raced uncontrollably, and there was a terrible sense of impending calamity. I had hardly crossed the street lest I collapse and be run down by a morning truck. It was scarily daylight. And all night supplied me with a dozen glasses of ale. My, writing, my writhing nerves were stilled at last. A morning paper told me the market had gone to hell again. Well, so had I. The market would recover, but I wouldn't. That was hardly a thought. Should I kill myself? No, not now. Then a mental fog settled down. Gin would fix it, so would two bottles. The mind and body are, mar are marvelous mechanisms for mine endured this agony for two more years. I'll stop there. My name's um, Casey. I am a compulsive eater and an anorexic. I'm um, 
so honored to be here. Sherry, thank you so much for asking me to be here. And Leslie, thanks for leading the meeting and everyone who's doing service. Um, just, you know, I always share 100% open and honestly in OA meeting. Um, because this meeting is being taped, um, I'm using my dog's name. That is not my name. I have a very unique name. So for anonymity and for my ability to speak freely on the podcast, I want to tell the nuts and bolts of God honest truth. So I'm being truthful. That's not my name, but it is my dog's name. She is a Labrador and she's a compulsive overeater like me. So we both qualify. Um, so um, I'll share a little bit what it was like. I love that passage of Bill's story. It's, it's what hooked me, you know, the earlier part of Bill's story, even to this day, I've been in program 28 years, 27 plus years abstinent from compulsive eating. And um, like early part of Bill's story, I just am like, I glaze over the, 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 um, but the second part, like that part there, where I'm like, I am absolutely no different as a compulsive eater, anorexic, as he describes the bathtub gin. And I love that line, gradually things got worse. That has been my experience, which is the only thing that helped me fully surrender to this program. And I'll get to what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now, because what it's like now, I'm experiencing a deeper opportunity for surrender, which I'll get to. So um, I am a hundred pounder, that's what we call it. I'm based in Los Angeles and in Joshua Tree, California. Um, uh, I love all of these Zoom meetings and I don't love the pandemic in a lot of ways, but I do love it's connected us all around the world. So now that I know you guys are here, like on five o'clock, a few days a week, I'm definitely coming back. I didn't know about this meeting. Um, so I started compulsively overeating at age 11 and um, the light switch turned on. I was on a family vacation <clears throat> and I gained 10 pounds in one week. I was a normal eater before then. I came back from the vacation and then basically it was the roller coaster. I lost the 10 pounds on my first diet, then gained 20. I lost 20, gained 30. I lost the 30 on my next diet, I gained 40. And thus, that is my path of being a hundred pounder and got over a hundred pounds overweight. Um, and um, being a compulsive eater at that time, many inventories I've done, several sponsors I have, um, just to get the facts out of the way. So my top weight was probably well over 230, 240 pounds. And I do qualify as an anorexic at 15. I dieted my way down to close to hundred pounds. And I was in the hospital um, and kept there for anorexia. And um, so my solution to growing up in the household I grew up in, and also regardless of the household I grew up with and growing up in alcoholism and lots of chaos around, um, I, my solution to not knowing how to just accept me as me from a very young child um, that became food and food became the answer and it became the solace. Um, I am a volume eater. I always say this. I, in my top eating compulsive days, um, I could clear out sheet cakes, large bags of crunchy things and um, salty things, big, big volume eater. That's what kind of eater I am. Often it didn't even manifest in sweets. It was volume. 
So it could have like some of my biggest binges were on health food because I can consume more like sugar. I would only be able to consume so much sugar. And um, it would give me the state of being anesthetized and passed out on the couch. It gave me the state of um, being able to tolerate big emotions that I had no clue how to walk through. Um, food was the answer to the highs in life, the lows in life. Um, and growing up, there wasn't a lot of, um, there weren't a lot of parents around to, to exemplify how to do life. So of course, food was a normal solution for a compulsive feeder like me. And I don't think um, that the amount of um, eating that I did was in result of my parents. I do think that I have a predisposition to being um, an alcoholic with food. Um, <clears throat> and no one in my family um, came from that um, immediate family. I come from somewhat normal eaters um, and they are of normal weight seemingly. But my grandmother on my dad's side, um, I would see photos of her and she had the body size up and down. And when I saw it, I felt an identification. So it could have been through the genes, but it doesn't really matter where it comes from. Like in, in the 12 steps and 12 traditions, what I know is um, I know what to do about it to get it, to get to a solution, which is a spiritual solution. So um, that was my story up and down and up and down. And why I love this section of Bill's story is, you know, and my sponsor, my current sponsor um, has taken me through um, certain portions of the big book. And this was one chapter we went through line by line. And, um, you know, I'm reminded, I have all these notes on the side that, you know, when it says, I saw I could not take as much as one drink. And I have a note that says he could, um, he couldn't take one drink, um, need to be separated from the substance. So when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, you guys talked about, um, you know, uh, abstinence. I didn't know what that was. Um, I had lots of experience of dieting and, um, but this, these two pages, I didn't know I was so much like Bill until I had a lot more. Nine. That's 10 minutes. Okay, thanks. I had a lot more experience out there trying to do it my way. So I first came into OA and I um, uh, came in at 15 out of the hospital from anorexia. I'd gained some weight and um, that was many years ago. And I bought my first 12 and 12. I hadn't, th there was no OA 12 and 12 at the time. And I still have that 12 and 12. And it was too complex. So I had a lot more eating to do. I came back in my late twenties and I was at my bottom. I lost my job, couldn't clean my apartment. And I had these experiences, like Bill's story said, he was shaking violently and gradually things got worse. Oh, gradually things got much worse. And I didn't really recognize how bad they were because I wasn't homeless yet, but I couldn't clean myself. I couldn't clean my apartment. And I isolated and ordered takeout. And I wasn't even at my top weight. I was just at my top insanity, laxative abuse, all that stuff. And I love this when he says, was I crazy? Like he's still questioning whether he's crazy or not. And like when it says in the big book, like um, an alcoholic in its cups is an unlovely creature, I'm paraphrasing. But 
like I really relate to like it got so bad for him and he still was questioning that and that line here that says the mind and body are marvelous marvelous mechanisms the remorse and hopelessness of the next morning are unforgettable how many times I binge and say I'll never do it again so that's what it was like for me to get to the solution I came here I'm a slow doer but i came to meetings for a year finally got a sponsor determined my abstinence three meals a day two snacks if i need it and when the steps got bigger um the food got smaller that's my experience and i am so grateful for the sponsors that have sponsored me took me through the steps i started doing service that saved my took us i mean i would do service and get out of my head and to that day, to this day, it still is the most valuable tool for me. Um, I do have a sponsor today. I sponsor a lot of women. I go to a lot of meetings. I do a 10 step every night. And I'm honest, like I'm, I, I'm just honest about what's going on. So the thing about this disease is I did lose the weight in here and I was, I've been at normal weight for many years and life got bigger. I learned through the steps that unless a higher power is leading me, like I, all else will lose. And, you know, this chapter is not yet about the higher power, but to talk about the basis of this program is spiritual. That's my experience. And so I want to share a little bit about what it's like now and the challenges I'm going through. So I have remained abstinent for over 27 years. I um, am a hundred pounds down from my top weight. I live a seemingly normal life, not a normal head. That's why I keep coming here and doing all these things that I literally never get sick of. Like I'm in the herd. I am a member of Overeaters Anonymous dedicated to OA and God willing, I will never leave. It has saved my life, given me a life. I never want to go back to being insane with food, 230, 240 pounds, not being able to fit in an airline seat. That being said, I still qualify as an anorexic. So this is what has happened. A number of years ago, I really surrendered a deeper surrender and committed to a food plan. That food plan, um, my anorexic took a hold of. And um, through the years, like one of my sponsors, she used to say, this disease is cunning, baffling, powerful, and patient. It is patient. When working in the wings and doing things that I'm not really clear it's doing. It's like kind of like being out in the forest and something's going on like in the dark over there, but I'm like, I don't know, whatever. And I keep moving. So I started to lose more weight and more weight. The pandemic happened. I don't see any of you. And the isolation, the anorexic has really loved. Now, I don't live fully isolated. I do work remotely. I'm married, which is a miracle of the 12 steps. I've been with my husband for 15 years, I would never be able to live with another human being and choose a healthy person without the 12 steps, that's for sure. And another program that helps me with relationships, but my anorexic took hold. <clears throat> and this year coupled on that, I've had a lot of health problems separate from that and related. So to cut to the chase, how much time do I have? Oops, five minutes. Thank you. To cut to the chase, what has happened is I woke up in a state in a lower weight than I had been in a lot of years and very close 
to the hospitalization weight. And this was guised under eating a sober food plan. Interesting. And it was actually much easier to do that food plan and not think about food because I'm a compulsive eater and my anorexic is in result of being a compulsive eater. But what had happened is I had lost the perspective of being in the room with you guys, number one, because my sponsor would call me out on it, first of all, if I saw her, but we haven't been seeing people. And I was in a state where my sisters and my husband almost did an intervention. So although I have 27 plus years of, from compulsive eating, since July, I have uprooted everything I think I know. And I've really, really had to get real about what I was doing with what was guising as a food plan that worked for a long time, but my disease twisted it and reconfigured it, just like it did with justifying eating a little more, all that stuff. It was just manifesting in anorexia. So this has been an interesting six or eight months. And um, I have, the wonderful thing is I read Bill's story today and I relate more to it than I have in years. I have such a humility now that I haven't had a long time. I'm not only powerless over food, I'm powerless over my insane eating practices, you know? And it's one of my sponsors used to say, this is so true. Same disease, different symptom, right? I have up the game. I have two outside helpers that help me with the food professionals. I've never done that before in my life. Um, that had changed my life because who would have thought that like, I went all these years thinking that I knew about nutrition when I actually really haven't. So I was surrendered to someone, two people helping me. I have medical people on the team. The big book tells us if we need that to get that. Um, and I have been going to another program that has helped me with the anorexia, an entirely different 12-step program, in addition to OA. So what's so beautiful about Overeaters Anonymous and the big book is I have action feet. So um, while in the, you know, and also it has humbled me, I won't swear because it's a podcast, but I'd like to. Um, it has humbled me to my knees that all these years where I have had freedom from compulsive eating and God bless me, like my disease, like configured it into something else that was also killing me. So it has been humble pie over here. And thank God, because um, all the answers, regardless of whatever is going on with me and my, you know, learnings right now and my deeper surrender, which by the way, um, I'm in the beginnings of deep surrender regarding this. Um, I have not started my abstinence time over because I have 27 years from compulsive eating, but um, it's hard and it's beautiful. It reminds me of when I was new in OA. I am so grateful for the newness of being somewhere else that I won't talk about, but um, to help me with the restriction. Um, and 
OA is very much a part of that for me. And the bottom line is just with the last minute or whatever I have, it's freaking all about God. Okay. It's all about page 53. God is everything or God is nothing. What is the choice to be? Period. So I have that choice. I can hang on, but anything I've hang on to like has claw marks. It takes me a long time to let crap go. And, um, it's, I'm learning and I'm new again in so many ways. And I get to also know like the recovery is still there, but thank God I have action feet. That's what I got to say. And I'm grateful to be with all of you. Um, I remember hearing a speaker say, I'll end with this. I have a disease that tells me I don't have a disease. That's time. And it manifests a different way for me recently. So I get to be here, put my butt in the chair, listen to all of you, take direction, do all the things that I tell my sponsees to do. And I'm forever grateful. And thanks for letting me be here. Oh, thank you, Casey, so much. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter, the step studied this week, Bill's story or step one. We ask you to accept this <clears throat> guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question of our speaker, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? Thank you, Anne. Um, okay, we're ready. Who would like to share? Leslie. My name is Leslie. I'm a compulsive overeater. Casey, thank you so much. Um, I, I heard my story in the end of your story. And, uh, and that was a beautiful moment for me. And when you said Joshua Tree, I remember being in Joshua Tree uh, in the food with a rifle and a German Shepherd and up all night with the dog. The dog and I are like this you know, all night. And that has been the story of, of my compulsive overeating. I am riddled with fear when I'm in the food. I'm the most terrified person that I know. And uh, not being in the food, I have a calm core. You know, I, I, it's really interesting because the foods I choose are what I call mother foods. So they're the foods that go down easy and that just, you know, um, coat as they go down. Um, uh, and it's, it's that, you know, wanting to be fixed or nurtured or healed or protected or cared for, or not afraid or, you know, numbed out. So I don't have to face the things that I, um, that terrify me. So I'm in a state of grace right now, uh, because, uh, we have uh, family coming in from 
other places in the world that are scary hotspots and um, we're not sure they're going to come. And it's, it's, it's a time where I could really let my disease um, uh, run wild. And instead, like you said, my feet are busy. I'm doing the outreach. I'm, I'm doing uh, um, step work. I'm praying. I'm getting down on my belly um, for people who uh, don't find much relief on their knees. I find more relief on my belly. And, um, and I just wanted to say all of that to um, remind myself that I'm here because I am a real compulsive overeater. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Next up is Stephanie M. Hi, I'm Stephanie M, recovered compulsive overeater and exercise bulimic. Oh, it's so good to be back at this meeting. I haven't been here in like two weeks and missed it. Um, and Casey, thank you so much for your lead. It was so good to hear you. I almost didn't want to share because I know you and I was worried about saying your name. So we got through it. Um, but I love I loved what you said at the end about, I have a disease that tells me I don't have a disease. And I have something similar written in my big book. It says I have a body that won't let me eat normally and a mind that tells me I can. And then at the beginning of Bill's story, I have written circumstances were never the reason I ate. And I got both of those from my sponsor when I was working the steps. And um, this is like the stuff I need to be reminded of all the time because I always have a reason to eat, um, especially if I'm, in the food already. Uh, and, oh, it's just so, I'm so grateful to have a different way today. And I had a, um, it was a rough day. I had to fire someone this morning and it, it was justified, but also it's always a bummer. And then right after that happened, uh, a fellow called me in distress because she got some feedback at work and it just seemed like such a God shot that I was able to like be of service to her. And also remember where I came from when I started this program, uh, I was about to be fired from my job. And, and that has changed so much now. Um, I like my career is incredible and, uh, and that's not a concern, but it, it was definitely where I was um, when I came in because I was so obsessed with food and I couldn't care less about my job. I really only wanted to be there to eat the free food. And so um, what a difference this book makes and the steps. And uh, I don't really have anything else to say. I'll just give up the rest of my time. Thanks so much. Thank you, Stephanie. Up next is Sherry M. Oh, hi, everyone. Hi, um, good evening. Uh, my name is Sherry M. And I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you so much, Casey. Your um, share was just such a great reminder. I need the reminder that with 27, like it, there is no getting anywhere. There is no getting anywhere because what I am dealing with is a sniper in the bushes that is ready and, and just right now is gonna stay up all night long while I'm sleeping and is trying to kill me. And, and so your share was just so helpful and I'm under, and I didn't used to believe that. So I spent 15 years in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous not thinking it was that big of a deal, not getting the seriousness of it. And, and of course you've helped me so many years of those years that I've been in the rooms. And I still couldn't get, I couldn't get it until, you know, I found this Bigfoot group 
and then I could, and then I got it. I, I mean, I was like, Bill is not, I don't know anything about Bill, but it, we don't relate. Da, da, da. Every word, every time I read it and take a spawn seat through, it comes more alive to me. I am Bill. I'm not anorexic yet. I'm not a hundred pounder yet. I, it's waiting for me. It's waiting to happen. And all of my experience, if I really look at it and put it up to the truth, says yes to all of these things. But it's only the delusional mind and the mind that's trying to kill me that's telling me, you know, minimizing, I have a disease of amnesia, um, identifying out, you know, calling people for help. And then an hour later going, hey, I made too big of a deal about it, even though I was on the floor an hour ago and fetal. I mean, it's, I cannot be believed. And this is the, this is the crux of my problem is that I am insane when it comes to anything having to do with this disease. And so I'm extra vigilant, I'm extra vigilant. And, you know, today I just came from the memorial of my AA, you know, I've had an AA sponsor, maybe 18 years sober for 15 years. She was my sponsor. She was a mother to me. And, and you know, what was my first thing to do? I was on two big book meetings this morning of a service to so many people because this woman was full of service. Everyone in the LA County knows her, That's, that was her legacy. And then I packed my own lunch. I don't rely on eating at a, you know, a service. I have my food prepped, ready to go. How can I be of service? And then when it was time to leave, I had to go and take care of myself, you know. And these are all the things I have to do. And then I came home and you know, I, I was able to grieve. And then I'm on service with a sponsee and now I'm here. I mean, this is this is my life. And there's nothing that comes in front today, I can say thank God, of this program. This is my number one. This is everything. Without this, I wouldn't have a life. These, these last two years of being recovered are by far the best part of my almost 18 years of being sober. Why? Because I'm finally recovered from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And it was just a daily hamster wheel. Death. And now I get to live. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sherry. Next up is Carmela. Hi everybody, I'm Carmela. Um, thank you, Casey and your dog um, <laughs> for your name and your lead. And I really appreciate how honest you were and the courage that it must take to come and, and share um, what you're going through. And um, yeah, I really identify and um, did I say I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic? I don't know if I did. Anyway, um, it's been a really hard day. It's been a really hard week. Um, I'm just gonna say that really, really rough. Like, um, yeah. Um, and, you know, I had like 25 years of like freedom from food after I first came into OA and I had stopped going to OA meetings but I was going to other programs. And I've shared this before, but when I hit like a challenge that was just, more than, I mean, I thought I had hit some challenges before, but like when I hit one that, that was just obviously bigger than I could manage, the food stuff just came back and in a different form um, than it had when I first came in. And it was, you know, I didn't see it. I didn't see it for 10 years until I came back three years ago. And um, so, you know, it is, it's insidious. And um, about six months ago, no, not six months ago, it's probably been two or three months ago, um, I surrendered sugar and I hadn't had problem with sugar during those 25 years. Like I was eating it and I was not obsessed and I was not binging. And I don't know, but for whatever reason, 
that that period is over. <laughs> and um, so I did come to that place where I'm like, I am my body and my mind cannot handle sugar. And um, I didn't start my time over um, from when I had first come in three years ago, but I, or almost three years ago, but I wanted to kill myself. And that is a real sign. You know, when he says here, should I kill myself? And I had, I had come to that place and I have to say like miracle of miracles, like I'm baking M&M cookies with my son because he's doing this thing and I'm okay. Like the M, you know, and I, sometimes when I do like, and a client brought me like all these baked goods for my kid. And I was a little triggered last week and I texted my sponsor, like I have these things, you know, like in my house. And um, anyway, for whatever reason, I'm not wanting this stuff. Um, and that's good, but I have to be really aware. Like this shit is in my house right now. <laughs> you know, I've got green and red M&Ms and I, I don't know if we mentioned foods here, but anyway, um, and, and I'm not eating it. And my sponsor gave me this really great line a couple of weeks ago, which is to say, it's not my food. And for some reason that's really helpful. Like it's not my food. So I just text my sponsor and I'm like, I have these things in my house and it's not mine. Um, so yeah, I'm just super happy to be here. Um, it's hard to surrender. Thank you. It's hard to surrender a new thing um, when you think you've like got it down or whatever. And, um, but like, I'd rather, this is exactly where I wanna be. Thanks. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording? Thank you.